Warning. Geesebumps is a comedy podcast based on the works of R.L. Stein. Any similarity to an actual literature podcast is coincidental and unintentional. He's no dummy. Lindy names the ventriloquist dummy she finds Slappy. Slappy's kind of ugly, but he's a lot of fun. Lindy's having a great time learning to make Slappy move and talk. But Chris is jealous of all the attention her sister is getting. It's no fair. Why does Lindy always have all the luck? Chris decides to get a dummy of her own. She'll show Lindy. Then weird things begin to happen. Nasty things. Evil things. No way a dummy can be causing all the trouble. Or is there? This description is a lie, and this book is a lie. The whole thing is a lie. Everything about this... Lies. Goosebumps, a Did You Mean Goosebumps podcast. I'm Danielle, and I have a PhD. I am JoJo, and I, according to the American Community College Registry, (laughs) hold a PhD. (laughs) I'm Jeff, and I am an NPC. (laughs) (laughs) So at this point in the podcast, which... Thanks for sticking with us. You would hear me, Jeff Brown, co-host of our Geesebumps podcast, doing some hilarious bit, you know, giving a little bit of bait to my my two friends over here behind the mics and letting them run with it. But today, in honor of the giving season, I'm going to hand that responsibility over to the love of my life. The light of your life? The light of my life. The butter on my popcorn. Aw. Ew. Hey. <laughs> Danielle. McManus to his eye to, to kick off the comedy. Yes, I appreciate the pressure that you're building so that I could fa- <laughs> so I could fail spectacularly. Da- da- hey, Danielle, it's hey, Danielle, it's time. It's the most important joke of the week. It's, Let's the, hear it. it's the hook to keep people on this episode. Put on your goddamn seatbelt because I'm about to ram us right into a fucking wall. OK, so here's, here's the thing. I genuinely think that the word ventriloquist is very sensual yeah it's got all it's got all those nice consonants it's got like a vagina sound it's got like a it's got a good penis mouth feel to it <laughs> it's got a good pee and mouth feel it's got a good general genital mouth feel yeah it gives you a good genital embrace but here's but here's here's the thing though. I think that's really interesting that the word ventriloquist conjures up all these images of of attractiveness when ventriloquists themselves, I would argue, are ra- are radioactive. It's time. Do we decide clown or ventriloquist? Which one is worse? Oh well, clown because clown's not sexy. Now now whoa 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 now hold on. It's not. Now hold on. Now hold on. I'm sure I could type in ventriloquist into RedTube and something something will come back. 
I could type in ventriloquist into Bing and I'm sure I'm going to get something or another. But if I type in ventri- if I type in ventriloquist into Bing, I'm going to get put on an FBI watch list for possibly being a serial killer. Yes, you will. And when you find the ventriloquist porn, it will a thousand percent be a guy with his ween sticking out of a ventriloquist dummy. No, or he makes the vagina talk. We're getting, we're getting, we're getting pretty blue on this opening, this opening part. We're talking like we're getting pretty darn blue on this one. Are we sure we want to come in so? Are we sure we want to come in so hot with our literature podcast with all this pee pee vagina talk? Genitals are not inappropriate, okay? God gave you genitals. And you're supposed to make it talk by throwing your voice like with a dummy. Yeah, and you're supposed to make that vagina talk, okay? Is that a ventriloquist like hot sex bed line where they're just like, hey girl, I'm gonna make that vagina talk. <laughs> hey girl, let me make that vagina talk. So we should probably say what book we read. Uh, yeah, I think it's about time. Uh, we read a particular Goosebumps book this week and it is the Goosebumps book. Goosebumps 7, Night of the Living Dummy. Which is kind of the only time that this book represents itself accurately because it says Night of the Living Dummy. It doesn't say Night of the Slappy Dummy because you go in, there's a fucking picture of Slappy on the cover. You go in and you think there's going to be a lot of slappiness. I'm just going to tell you, spoiler alert. There is not. Yeah, we're going to do our we're going to do our synopses right now of this book, which I will say and I compared it to this work of art in the video game world. This is the Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty of Goosebumps books. Would you care to elaborate? No. (laughs) Okay. Very well. Then it looks as if the grim work of doing the one minute synopsis falls to both me and Danielle. Let's put a minute on the clock. And pew. Oh man, do I actually remember this book in any way? I just read it today. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Um. Boom. Okay. This book stars Linda, uh, Lindy, Lindy, and Chris. They're twins. They 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 compete with each other, and they decide to go one day exploring at a house next door. And when they explore the house, they find a ventriloquist, a ventriloquist dummy, and a dumpster. Um. Lindy takes the ventriloquist dummy and likes it a lot, and Chris is jealous. So Chris's dad but gets her a ventriloquist dummy. And now they just both have dummies, and everyone likes the dummies. And Lindy is very good at ventriloquism, and Chris is not, and Chris is jealous. But then the, the dummies start doing weird shit together, and they start doing weird shit in general, making it seem like they're alive. And then uh, Lindy eventually gets to go to a birthday party where gets to perform with uh, uh her dummy, and it goes good. And then she gets to be on TV. Meanwhile, Chris gets invited to like MC something, which I actually got very confused by. I thought Lindy was invited to do that, but whatever. Um, so it turns out that the the dummy that she has, um, that Chris has, is uh, it it's weird and it's alive, and she accidentally reads some evil words that make it come to life, and it tries to take over the family, and eventually they fight with it at the construction yard, and it crashed by a steamroller, and then it turns out that Slappy was also alive. The end. Good. Amen. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Uh, le- can I just, before we go on any further, takes place over multiple nights. Is This takes place over three weeks plus. So this title is bullshit. Yeah, there's not just one night. Danielle, you now have the unenviable task of having to follow my amazing one minute. Well, hot dog. I'm just, you know, Joe, I'm just going <laughs> to just dog. try to honor your achievement the best I can. And go. All right. So, yeah, twins, Lindy and Chris. And they go, they find a fucking dummy in a dumpster. And they're like, 
you know what would be great is if we fucking took this dummy out of the dumpster and then took it home, which is what they do. And uh, they name it Slappy. And Lindy begins working on her ventriloquist act. Chris, wildly jealous, nags the parents until they get her a pawn shop dummy of her own named Mr. Wood. And Mr. Wood, it turns out, he's bunny ears? 20 seconds. Hop, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Mr. Wood. And uh, he turns out to be evil, and uh, then he gets steamrolled, and uh, and uh, and then the scariest part is thinking about what the steamroller driver would have thought if he hit, actually hit a kid, which is what he thinks. Anyway, doesn't matter. Then, and then at the end, Slappy becomes That's time. alive. He's alive! Okay, there you go. All right. There you go. Hey, Jeff. There you go. I've got, yeah. You know what? Why even do a two-minute? <laughs> yeah, I Why covered even do it. it. Why even I do it? I gotcha. Why even waste your time? Yeah. That's true. Guys, bye. <laughs> it's been great. Oh, yeah, I think we're done here. I'm going to go. <laughs> no, I've got some shit. I've got some shit to say. Ready, Jeff? I'm ready. And... Go. All right. Night of the Living Dummy is uh, a fucking lie. The book stars Chris and Lindy. They are twins. One of them has long hair. One of them has short hair. Uh, that's the only real thing they try and give you to differentiate the two of them, despite the fact that they are entirely different in every single other way, personality-wise. They don't act like any twin that I've ever met. They live with their parents, mom and dad, and then they find next door where the house is being built that there is a dummy in a dumpster. Uh... Lindy takes it and starts working with it, names it Slappy. Uh, Chris, being a twin, is jealous because twins either get their get doubles of everything, and she wants to also have a dummy, too, just because Lindy has one. Uh, Lindy starts working with the dummy, and it comes off as actually good ventriloquism, but who knows, because it's a book. Uh, Chris gets a dummy. Her dad goes and buys her one. Its name is Mr. Wood. It's a little bit more modern. It has red hair, and she starts working with it as well, just to spite Chris. I'm sorry, I'm sorry just to spite Lindy. Uh, they both become good enough to be, one, invited on a TV show and birthday parties to perform, and two, uh, to go and perform in front of, like, 100 parents at a school concert. Uh, the dummies seem to be acting weirdly, especially when Lindy is holding it. It seems to be angry and yells curses and it says mean things. They bring the Millers, who are the old couple next door, over to watch the girls do a show. Lindy does great. And then, uh, for some reason... Uh, Chris goes buck wild, probably because the previous night she said some magic words that were tucked inside of a piece of paper in Mr. Wood's coat pocket or in his shirt pocket, said them out loud like the Necronomicon, and apparently he came alive. And after that, uh, she goes to the next day to the uh, school concert where Mr. Wood um, calls the main teacher a lot of mean fat names and makes fun of her weight and spews about 80 gallons of green stinking syrup all over everybody. It's like goop from the exorcist. Uh, they fight with the dummy, Mr. Wood. They smash him next door with a steamroller when it runs him over. There's a green cloud of stuff that floats in the air. Assumedly, that is the essence of Mr. Wood. They get back up to the room where Slappy says, hey, is that other guy gone? The end. Yeah. Yeah. So this book, and the reason we say it's a lie, and we, we mentioned it a little bit in our things, but... The reason, the reason we say it's a lie is everything about it is untrue. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is literally... So I have, never, I have never read Night of the Living Dummy until... Yeah, Jeff and I were coming in fresh. I was coming in fresh, and all I knew, all I was expecting, I didn't know anything about the, the main characters. All you had was the cultural knowledge. All I had was the cultural knowledge that this was going to have some fucking slappy this in it. This was going to be slappy town. This was going to be slappy town. Slappy origin story. Yeah, I 
was finally going to get the the lore of Slappy. Finally going to discover what this Mr. Slappy was all about. And not only is Slappy not the antagonist in this book or even a character until literally the last page when he says something, which makes no sense. There's a whole other dummy. Yes, there's a whole entire evil dummy named Mr. Wood. Mr. Wood really deserved top billing. As I said to Danielle earlier today, we've got a Thomas Edison, Nikolai Tesla situation going on here. Yes, with Mr. Wood being the Tesla actually putting in the work. Yeah. And Slappy being the Edison just taking the credit. Taking all the credit and getting all the acclaim. Taking taking the credit, inventing the light bulb and taking the credit. (laughs) Uh, He did not invent the light bulb. Inventing the telephone and taking the credit. (laughs) That's also a different guy. That was was Alexander Graham Bell. Inventing the inventing <laughs> optics and taking the credit. Inventing laser beams and taking all the credit. Inventing doors for buses and taking the credit. Inventing Jesus and taking the credit. Praise him. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I, at various points, I had to double check that I was reading the right book. Yeah. <laughs> I was so... So taken aback by the fact that I was like, where the fuck is Slappy? Where the fuck is Slappy at? You know where Slappy's at? Up in the bedroom, doing jack shit. Like, he shows up relatively early. Yeah, Slappy comes in, like, chapter two. Chapter two comes in hot. And then you got Mr. Wood coming in, and you think that the book is going to play with these ideas of, like, which dummy is it? You know? Nope. We're, we're, we're venturing dangerously close into being a real podcast about books. I know, I know, I know. Sorry. Uh, hold on. L- let me fix that. <laughs> Uh, jizz. Sorry, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> uh, th- should we do the Should we do the RL part? Do you want to lead into RL? Do you want me to lead into RL? Uh, you could lead into RL. We got to get Danielle out of the show, though. Aww. What did yeah. I do? That's gonna be our. Okay, wait. I have an idea, Danielle. I have, I have some magic words that I'd like to say to you. Oh boy. This is something we learned from Night of the Living Dummy that magic words do things. That magic word, of course, is going to be please, right, Jeff? Yeah, so I was going to read this string of uh, nonsense words that were going to make you go to the other room and take a nap. But instead, I'm just going to say, hey, Danielle, could you please leave the room for a little bit so Joe and I can have a little bro time? Mm. You know, I I appreciate your blooming bromance, so I will depart and I will take a nap. Thank you. Goodbye. Now, this Now, Jeff, aside from this being now maybe like the third or fourth time We've used Danielle taking a nap as <laughs> the as the as the story mechanism to get her out of the podcast. Uh, I have to say, I have no clue what this stupid book is about, and I and it offends me. But but you know who definitely does know who this book is about? Well, Danielle, but she's asleep now. Well, she's dead. I was talking about my new ventriloquist dummy, done in the shape of a good friend. Oh my god. This is the sound of a dummy being pulled out of a uh, case and put onto my lap. And now I'm holding it. <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> say hello to R.L. Stein. Hello, Jeff. Oh my god, it sounds just like him. Jojo, your voice, your your, your mouth isn't even moving. I'm not doing it. R.L.'s doing it. Say your, say your, what's your name this week, R.L.? Is it Robert Lawrence? It is not. My name this week is really laughable stein it's a good ventriloquist dummy name 
Yeah, it's really hilarious. Because we have ventriloquist dummies and we have a lot of ventriloquist dummy jokes. Oh, yeah. And let me say, and also RL ventriloquist dummy. There has to be a way that I can differentiate the ventriloquist dummy of RL from actual RL. So um, go ahead. Ask me, ask me anything. What's something that only RL Stein would know? Okay, so I want to make sure that the spirit of R.L. Stein is actually inside this dummy and it's not just JoJo doing a great goof. Mm, yeah. Uh, okay, R.L. Stein, if you're the real R.L. Stein... Yes, if I am really laughable. If you're really laughable, Stein, tell me, what is this book about? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Okay, here's what we've got. Here's oh, what he's we're got a little with. dummy notepad he's bringing out of Here his little dummy pocket. my little dummy notepad and my little dummy pencil. Oh, it's very cute. Tiny golf oh, he's got like a little moleskin. Okay, here's what we have, ladies and gents. <laughs> what is this accent? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Joe, it's your fault. Yeah, Joe, it's your voice. What are you, what are you complaining about the accent? Yeah, you're, you're, right, the you're, one. Right, you're right, you're right. I'm just exploring the space. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So this book examines the master-slave relationship in terms of the dummy trying to rise up. You see, so what we have in, 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 as we begin, what we start with, we have two dummies who are forced to sit on laps and say stupid jokes without their consent. And, uh, and so these puppet masters. Lindy and Chris. So, so, so you're saying that, that this story is really about uh, this this cycle of oppression of of what we what Chris and Lindy have determined are second class people these dummies who who exist to be bought sold and used for entertainment precisely and then you have this brave dummy who is willing to risk it all Mr Wood to rise up and you know what mm -hmm. you know what happens what happened what happens well I know what happened but you tell me. He gets steamrolled. You, he, you see he's metaphorically crushed by social hierarchy. He has attempted to rise up, but he is ultimately crushed. And this thing that crushed him was building a brand new home. Capitalism. Mm-hmm. Mm, that makes you think. Hey, hey, it makes you think, huh? It really makes... This whole thing is making me think, and I don't like think. it. It makes me think. How dare you make me think? How dare you make me think, stupid dummy? Hey, Jojo, can you do that thing where you drink water, but then uh, the, the dummy is still talking? Absolutely. Hang on. Hang on. I will, I will absolutely drink some water. Okay. okay. okay Joe, here's, here's a cup of water, Joe. Okay. Oh, God. Look at him. Look at him with his mouth. And you keep making the dummy talk. It's very strange. <laughs> this glass of water. It's so it's probably... good. Hey, this is one of those wonderful things. Like, it, And I know this sounds like it's such a big goof because it's an audio medium that we record and edit after the fact, but man, you, you, everyone listening should be very impressed by both me and my ventriloquist skills. Most people don't know, because this is an audio medium, all of us are ventriloquists, and none of our mouths actually move when we do this episode. That's true. In fact, and, and here's what I want all of you to understand, for the remainder of this show, I'm actually going to be doing all of the voices for all of the characters in Geese Bumps. So, so watch, watch. Hey, uh, hey, Jeff, watch this. Danielle, come back in. What? See? She's not even in here. And hey, She's not and even hey, in here. Hey, Danielle, watch this. Hey, Jeff, say something. Hey, Danielle, is it cool? See? He's not even here. <laughs> They're not. No, no one's here. It's me alone. I'm by myself. This is, this is turned into a full-blown beautiful mind moment for JoJo. <laughs> R.L. Stein. Dummy R.L. Stein. 
Hello. Uh, thank you so much. You are so welcome. I'm sorry that your spirit is somehow trapped inside of this ventrilo- uh, ventriloquist doll. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> I have plans. Okay. You have powers? Mm. Yes. Don't fuck with me. I have powers. Okay. Cool. I have powers. Jojo, can you please put the dummy put the dummy back in the box, please? I, powers. I will Wait. dummy, Jeff. I have powers. <laughs> That's the sound of me putting the dummy away. Oh, hey, Joe. Sorry. I went to the bathroom for the last five minutes. What's been going on? <laughs> uh, so we, we did read Night of the Living Dummy, and it was a book that we read. And... Uh, I'm going to go over the first parts of the book, and there's a, there's a couple of passages that I want to look at because they baked my noodle so hard. Oh, I can't wait for this. Be- and, and I want you guys to know that, like, I found this so curious. I found this so curious, I had to buy a second copy of this book to make sure it wasn't a typo. What? That's how curious I was about this happenstance. Oh. And, and earlier I said, this is the one thing I want to talk about. So like the, the first section of this book, it's, it's pretty much like if I was going to give you, if I was going to tell you, hey, I just read a story about a haunted ventriloquist doll, you actually don't need to know very much about that story to know the beats of it. Yeah. You're going to find the doll somewhere it's going to be mysterious how you find it and then eventually weird stuff's going to happen and it's going to be a lot of trying to prove the doll it did the doll do it or did someone else do it it's going to be kind of like a whodunit it's very reminiscent of revenge of the lawn gnomes it's it's, it's yeah very revenge of the yeah. lawn gnomes we've got a lot of lawn gnoming we, well actually revenge of the lawn gnomes would be reminiscent of this yeah, of this one but it's yeah. that same kind of like what's causing the mischief it can't be this thing it's not yeah. alive when the parents look at it, it doesn't do shit. Yeah, it's classic, classic kid story. Yeah, so in a lot of ways, like it's a cla- it's a classic whodunit mystery with uh, with a doll. Now, um, this is the thing that baked my noodle so much. So Chris and Lindy, they uh, are they fight a lot. Their mom says go play outside. They go outside to play. They go to the next door house that's being built up, um, and when they're there, that's where they find Slappy. And what chapter are we at? We're on chapter two. Uh, this, is, this is actually the end of chapter one, start of chapter two. Sorry. Uh, I'm just going to read through it. Um, over here, Lindy called. I see something. It took Chris a while to locate her sister. Lindy was half hidden behind a large black trash, capital D, dumpster at the far end of the yard. Now... You might wonder, Joe, what point do you have to make here? Oh, I know what you're about to do. Well, allow me to continue on a little further down. What is it, Chris called, taking a few reluctant steps towards the capital D dumpster. This is on page 10. And actually, just to show you how serious I am about this, this is the start of chapter two in the ebook on Kindle. A child, Chris uttered a silent gasp, staring in horror. As Lindy lifted him out of the capital D dumpster. Now, I think there's one more instance of this, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's creepy, Chris said, kicking a large pebble across the street. You should put him back in the capital D dumpster. I want you to open your mind's eyes. I already know this. Are they open? I'm smarter than all of you. Now... Who is the dumpster? Well, Danielle has 
an answer to that question because we had the same question. I had the same question when we started reading it. Danielle, would you like to... Um, Danielle, please elaborate on who is the capital D dumpster. It may surprise you to know that dumpster is actually a brand name the way that Kleenex is. And it's capital D dumpster because it's a brand. That might surprise a lot of people. That surprises almost everybody. <laughs> I knew it. So I don't know what's wrong with the rest of you. What's the, what's the, what's the like standard non-brand name version of a dumpster? Trash bin. Just big trash bin? Just big trash can? Big trash can? Big trash mouth. Are you telling me that R.L. Stein, through no fault of my own, <laughs> decided to throw in with big trash can? He, he's in with big trash can. But, but what, like, so why? Okay, <laughs> hang on. It's easier to say dumpster than it is to say big boy trash bin. So let me just tell you guys, let me just tell you guys, I, I understand what you're saying. It's very important what you're saying. Dumpster is, is, prop, is, is actually a brand name. Dumpster is a brand name of large trash bin. I get that. Here's, what, here's where I am, though, emotionally, physically, mentally. I have typed in the word dumpster. Okay. Capital D, dumpster. All right. I got, it sent me to Wikipedia. The first sentence, A, lowercase d, dumpster. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh-oh. Well, you know uh -oh. what's wrong with Wikipedia. Uh, okay. Well now, well, now, well, now, Danielle, we have competing versions of reality. Yeah, we do. I'm sorry, Danielle. Are you calling Wikipedia fake news right now? No, no, no. I'm saying that it's just crowdsourced. And you yourself, Joe, said that no one else in the world, except for moi, knew that Dumpster was a brand. So it's not surprising to me that the entry on Wikipedia would be incorrect. Now, let's go. Hold on. I'm going to type in Dumpster brand Dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> there, is there a copyright symbol after the Dumpster? <laughs> The word dumpster came from the dumpster dumpster system of mechanically loading contents of standardized containers onto garbage trucks, <gasps> and it was patented by the dumpsters in 1930. The dumpsters. The containers were called dumpsters, a portmanteau of the company's name with the word dump. <laughs> this, the dumpsters named their trash. The dumpsters invented the dumpsters. <laughs> I love that they were like... They were, they were like, our name is Dempster. Let's associate it with where all the trash goes. Like, you know what would make our name better? Is if the word dump was in it. It took the Dempster Dump Master. This is all... This is a gift. <laughs> which is a... Which is a which sounds like the title of the person who runs the Dempster factory. My name is Dempster Dump Master. <laughs> Welcome to my trash land. It took me 15 years of apprenticeship to earn the title of Dump Master. <laughs> I'm part of the Dump Master Association. We get together and talk about the best way to get rid of garbage, eh? You've heard of the stonemasons? They're garbage. Dump Master, that's where it's at. Everything ends up in the dump. And guess who's the master of everything? It's it's very telling that at no point have I ever associated the word dumpster with anything that wasn't just an enormous trash bin. That is the magic of branding. That's the magic of capitalism, kids. <laughs> the Q-tip bullshit. Q-tip, the Kleenex. The Kleenex garbage. The uh, dumpster. Saran wrap. Saran wrap. What is what is this? It's uh, well, plastic wrap. Cling wrap. 
Cling yeah, wrap. Cling wrap. When's the last time you heard someone say clingy plastic wrap? Right now. Yeah, you said it, Daniel. Except for that and that. All right. Joe, that was that was a great that was a great the thing. One passage, huh? <laughs> yeah. Do you have another one or is that do you want to stick with that one? <laughs> <laughs> one thing about this this uh the author R.L. Stein that that we all respect and appreciate is he has broad ranging skills. He does. He's, He's a multifaceted man. Yeah. He's got a lot of abilities. I don't know if you've ever seen his Twitter, quality follow. Um, he bakes a lot. It's really nice. Uh, so, um, <clears throat> this is, a. who man. Oh man. What is this? This is after Chris has received Mr. Wood. This is, uh, this is page 34 chapter six. What happens is she, she has just gotten her, her dummy and she wants to be as good as Lindy is. So she invites her friend Cody over. Oh, Cody. Cody. A favorite of mine in this book. Cody could not give a shit. Oh, he's so good. (laughs) He's so good. I love him. About ventriloquist dummies, about any of this. And my favorite part of this is she led him out to the bent old maple tree in the middle of the backyard. The afternoon sun was just beginning to lower itself in the clear spring blue sky. Tell me if this is funny, she instructed. That's what you say all the time, Joe. <laughs> is this, a, hey, is this anything? Co- Cody, is this anything? <laughs> uh, Chris turned uh, Mr. Wood to face her. How are you today? She asked him. Pretty good. Knock wood, she made the dummy say. And then she and then she looks at her and she's like, "Was that anything?" <laughs> she waited for Cody to laugh, <laughs> and, he was, and then Cody's like, "Kind of." And then she goes, "Okay, Mr. Wood, why are you staring in front of the mirror with your eyes closed?" And then Mr. Wood goes, "I wanted to see what I looked like when I was asleep." I laughed at that when we read it out loud. And then, <laughs> and then she turns, and then she turns to Cody, and she was like, "Well, how about that joke?" And he was like, "That's better, I guess." Mm, yep, yep. And it's the way he said it. Too. It's like, that's better, I guess. I guess. Um, and then she says, You're supposed to tell me it's funny or not. And she's like, Well, I guess not. I guess it's not <laughs> funny. Then. Cody I, is Cody is a fucking stone cold killer when it comes to this. He, he does Yeah, well, hero. he's a good friend because he's telling her the truth. <laughs> yeah. Like, listen. Yeah. He doesn't try to he's not one of the people who like goes to your open mic and is like, No, dude, that was super good. Everyone was really excited. It was great. Yeah, you're gonna be on television. No one was yeah. laughing because they were thinking so hard. Yeah, yeah, jokes were too smart, man. Yeah, but that but then the best part after that is when Cody goes, Yeah, I guess I gotta leave and then just <laughs> <laughs> and it just takes off. Like, so, you know what? This is bullshit. Goodbye. He is the equivalent of like when you invite your friend to watch your improv show. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Or your stand up show. I think it'll be fun if we just took a second, just 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 the three of us, because we've been doing comedy for a couple of years now. Sure. We know our way around the setups and the punchlines. Let's all give our best ventriloquist, like a, a joke a dummy would say. Oh fuck me. Yeah, like what let's, let's let us be to uh Chris was it Chris? Chris. Let's be, let and us Mr. be to Chris the jokes that she needed to impress Cody. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm. Now Jeff. I'm going to put you on the spot first. Now, in the style of Chris, give us a joke. Hey, Mr. Wood. I heard that you went to the doctor recently. Is that true? 
Ah, yes, that's right, Chris. Oh, what'd you go to the doctor for? Oh, I had to get my downstairs checked out. I'm like, oh, oh, is it? Cra- oh dear. Is it? Is it crabs, Mr. Wood? No, termites. But nailed it. That's a good. That's a good one. And that's it's for good. adults and kids. It's, it's a very adult joke. <laughs> that's a pretty blue joke for a ten-year-old birthday party. But okay, I'm, I'm loving it. Okay, Danielle, it's your turn. Let's hear it. Let's give us give us a good Mr. Wood. Okay. All right. Uh, so what I have for you is something more of a poetic joke. Mm. It is slightly poem and slightly joke. Okay. Think, this, Jeff, this is Jeff. This is that edgy British humor where they clap instead of laugh. I think also. If, I think this might be a meta joke a bit as well. This is also meta. Yes. <clears throat> Two twins, both alike in dignity, walk into a bar. Knock knock. Who's there? Bitch, it's not slappy. Boom! Gotcha! Nailed it! Because there's no slappy in the book. That, that, Danielle, that was so fucking wild. I actually thought you forgot what we were doing. Like, <laughs> Whoa, bro. <laughs> hey. That was so fun. Like, say, no, Jeff, did you, did you like me completely disassociate the moment that she started talking? No, Danielle workshopped on this on me earlier today. He's heard it before. I gave her some notes and she didn't use them. I forgot what the notes were. (laughs) That was so fucking wild. I actually thought, like, I think Danielle got confused and thought we were doing a poetry slam. It's hard when you're smarter than everyone in the room. All right, well, Joe, Joe, what's yours? Give us your slappy joke. What the fuck you got, asshole? Okay, okay. um, So here's the thing, right? Like, my dummy, my version of Mr. Wood is very much an improv comedian. I need a. <laughs> I need a person, and I need I need a job and a place. Yeah, I need a loca- I need a location. Give me a location. Disneyland. Disneyland. Okay, and now I need. No, now I need a. Now I need an occupation. Person who does the <laughs> the boat uh, ride on at Disneyland. Okay. Um. <laughs> hey, <laughs> this is Mr. Wood saying it. Hey, welcome to the the Jungle Cruise. Uh, here at Disneyland. Uh, I'm a talking dummy. Ooh. Is that anything? Is that? I can't believe that you ragged on Danielle. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I will say I did. I did laugh at some of the stupid jokes that the dummy said. I, in this no, I, and we're going to talk about those. Trust me. We're going. We're going in. My favorite one, though, is when he went full Andrew Dice Clay. But we'll that's what I said to yes, him. Yes, that's where we're going, baby. I, when Danielle and I were talking, I was just like, this dummy's Andrew Dice Clay. He's written to everybody. <laughs> He's like, hey, you're fucking ugly. I'm Andrew Dice Clay, the dummy. Hey. hey. I don't know if that's what he I does. Don't, I don't know. That's, that's about what he does. Uh, <laughs> but that takes care of my two sections in the start of. Uh, I Good job. I hope, Good job, I hope you all enjoyed it. So, Danielle, I believe you have the middle part, correct? Correct. Okay, I'm going to direct us to chapter 16. Okay. Right on the cusp. Right on the cusp, yes. Do either of you have an Andrew Dice Clay impression? Uh, yeah, of course. Okay. It, it sounds like this over here. Yeah, he's extreme New Yorker affect, like affectation. Okay, so, Joe, if you will tell the joke portion of this passage. I would love to. Uh, what what page, Danielle? Uh, for me, it's page 53. For you, fuck, uh, fuck if I know. It's 16 towards the end. 
Chris took her place on the chair and sat Mr. Wood up in her lap. This is Mr. Wood, she told the Millers. We're going to be the hosts of the spring concert at school tomorrow night. So I'll give you a preview of what we're going to say. That's a nice-looking dummy, Mrs. Miller said quietly. Hey, you're a nice-looking dummy, too. Oh! <laughs> Mr. Wood in a harsh, raspy Chris's mother gasped. The Miller's smiles faded. Mr. Wood leaned forward on Chris's lap and stared at Mr. Miller. Is that a mustache or you eating a rat? Hey! Don't laugh so hard, you might drop your false teeth. And how do you get your teeth that disgusting shade of Lello? Does your bad breath do that? Oh! Chris! Mrs. Powell shouted. That's enough! The Millers' faces were bright red now, their expressions bewildered. I'm sorry you're so ugly. I'm sorry you're so old and stupid, too. Oh! Mr. Bam! Hickory dickory dock! This is... Such a good roast. (laughs) (laughs) He roasts the shit out of those old people. (laughs) He roasted those fucking next door neighbors. (laughs) They came over for coffee and they left with some fucking burns. Yeah, they did. They got burned hard. (laughs) This is this. Well, Danielle and I were talking about it is that this is like early 90s. So this type of like raw uncut this would have been that edgy in your face comedy. Yeah, so edgy these old people are they're used to dick van dyke oh yeah carol burnett carol burnett they're not used to some ventriloquist dummy hey you're ugly you're ugly oh my oh. god mr wood is smoking cigarettes while he tells his jokes that doesn't seem christian he's wearing a leather jacket i really i really do love that part if i'm being honest like the, the part the part where he has to perform is so fucking good. He nails it. You know, and here's the one thing that sucks about the book is that for all of its failings, you know, whenever they pull the dummies out to do something, after a certain point, you're like, oh, fuck, shit's about to go oh, yeah. off. Oh, yeah. Shit's about to get real. Yeah, it's che- it's Chekhov's ventriloquist doll. <laughs> Someone's about to get dragged by this fucking dummy. Ugh. <laughs> This dummy's gonna spill all the tea. This dummy's this dummy's about to keep it a hundred, you fucking cucks. <laughs> was that was that the end of your section? Yes, because in the middle, most of the things that happen are the same things that happened in the beginning. Yeah, it's weird how R.L. Stein books work like that. He really needs to work on his middle. Yeah, I don't want to say he's got a weak core, but he's got kind of a weak, weak core. core. He's got to do some planking. A middle of the book problem, we call it. So I have the the end part, but I am going to take a couple steps back just sort of near the end of the middle part to, to get into one piece. So most of the book, I, not even most of the book, some of the book, you are left with the idea, you are left with this, um, this question as to what's happening with the dummies because there are two dummies and the kids, Lindy and uh, Chris keep waking up and finding them either in weird positions or placements. Chapter 14, uh, Chris and Lindy are asleep in their bedroom. They had just had a very bad night. They went downstairs, Chris did and found after hearing a noise in the kitchen, Mr. Wood drenched in foodstuffs, the entire refrigerator opened up and emptied out onto the floor. They go downstairs, and it's like this huge thing. You're in the book. You're finally like, "Oh my god, this this dummy is alive." Yeah, and and I I'm gonna 
take us briefly to a little to the scene in the kitchen. So this is chapter 12. This is uh, right at the beginning. The scene was coming into focus now. It was all so weird, so wrong. It was taking Lindy a long time to see the whole picture. But now, following Chris's horrified stare, Lindy saw the mess on the floor and realized why the refrigerator was empty. Everything inside it had been pulled out and dumped on the kitchen floor. An orange juice bottle lay on its side in a puddle of orange juice. Eggs were scattered everywhere. Fruits and vegetables were strewn over the floor. Oh, Lindy moaned in utter disbelief, you little faker. Everything seemed to sparkle and gleam. What was all that shiny stuff among the food? Chris's jewelry! There were earrings and bracelets and strands of beads tossed everywhere mixed with the spilled strewn food like some kind of bizarre salad. Oh no, Lindy shrieked as her eyes came to rest upon the figure on the floor. Sitting upright in the middle of the mess was Mr. Wood, grinning gleefully at her. He had several strands of beads around his neck. Mardi Gras! Mardi Gras! Dangling earrings hanging from his ears and a platter of leftover chicken on his lap. So, so the girls clean it up, and at this point in the book, you're like, wow. And the girls also believe each other and that the dummies are alive. One of them's doing it. It's not each other. And they get back to the room. They're trying to fall asleep, and uh, Chris thinks she hears Mr. Wood in the closet making some noise. And she's freaking out. Chris says, it wasn't a dream. I'm so scared, Lindy, so scared. Suddenly, Chris was trembling all over and hot tears were pouring down her cheeks. Lindy stood up and moved to the edge of the sis- her sister's bed. Something horrible is going on here, Lindy. Chris stammered through her tears. And I know who's doing it, Lindy whispered, leaning over to her twin, putting a comforting hand on her quivering shoulder. Huh? Yeah, I know who's been doing it all, Lindy whispered. I know who it is. And by all she means, making the dummy look like it was alive and opening and ruining so much food in the refrigerator, um, moving it around at night, dressing it up in costume jewelry. I know who it is, she says. Who, Chris asked breathlessly. I have, Lindy said. Wait a minute. Her smile spread into a grin almost like, almost as wide as slappy. She closed her eyes and laughed. It's been me all along, Lindy says. What the fuck? I know, I'm like, okay, well, dude. What page is this? This is the very beginning of chapter 15. So the end of chapter 14 is the, I know who did it. Who? Chapter 15, Lindy. It was me. It was me. It's like, okay, dude, are you writing a novel? A novel. Are you writing a book about ventriloquist dummies? Or are you writing sociopaths? sociopaths? Because we need to know which one we're looking at. Her sister, her twin sister literally reveals that it hasn't been the dummies moving themselves at all. It wasn't that night. Dummies aren't alive, you idiot. It literally was, she was just like, I was playing a joke on you, you idiot. I made you think that this dummy was alive. We just spent the last two hours cleaning the kitchen and we're going to have to use our allowance money to buy new food because of this trick that I pulled. You look so stupid. I goofed you again. It is insane. It's wonderful. It makes perfect sense. Just read a portion of the dialogue because Lindy comes off as yeah, bonkers. Lindy, Lindy goes full villain. Yeah, she drops her nice face on the ground. Which at this point, neither girl necessarily like malicious, like sisterly. Just, just kids. Just kids. 
They're 12. Yeah. Arguing like sisters do. Yeah. Let them play. You really believed Mr. Wood was alive or something, Lindy said, enjoying her victory. You're such a nit. Nit? Half a nitwit. Lindy burst into wild laughter. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I pictured too. That's so good. It isn't funny, Chris said softly. I know, Lindy replied. It's a riot. You should have seen the look on your face when you saw Mr. Wood downstairs and your precious beads and earrings. How, how did you ever think of such a mean joke? Chris demanded. It just came to me. Lindy answered with some pride. When you got your dummy. When I was murdering squirrels in the backyard. <laughs> I was strangling dogs. It just it just came to, it just came to me when I stabbed the cat and watched his blood this blood run out and it looked at me wondering why oh why. It is so insane because most of the book like I didn't like Chris a whole lot because she was like the whiny petulant one. Yeah, she's annoying. She's like I want this. I, I want, want it a too. Dummy. She has a dummy. I want a dummy. And then she's so scared for like most of the book because she thinks that shit's going off. And at first, her sister is agreeing with her, which I liked. I liked that there wasn't that whole like you're lying. Like yeah, I don't believe you. Yeah, yeah. You're, I was like, oh tight, this is gonna be cool. Like the sisters are gonna be facing this together. Nope, one of them is a fucking supervillain. Yeah, one of them is goddamn evil. Like, I would, how would you sleep in the same room with that person anymore? Well, don't worry, Jeff, not going to be doing much sleep because there's a wild dummy on the loose. So that was a, that was a cooperative uh, section with me and Danielle. I think that works. Yes. yes. Now, is, there, is there anything from the final section? I have one more thing, and I think we should all discuss one piece at the very end okay. together. So it is, uh, it is, for me, it's page 90 on the Kindle version. Uh, chapter 17. Despite all of the shenanigans, all the shenanigans, they still let Chris go and perform with Mr. Wood at... Oh my God, this scene. Perform with Mr. Wood at uh, this concert, which is like a school thing where she'll be on stage and she's supposed to do her, her ventriloquist act before a concert. I don't quite understand what it is, but whatever. So she gets there. Uh, and this, up until this point, we had not received any sort of indication that there was a fat shamed character in this book nope. until I know we were so close <laughs> we to getting so through close. it with no fat shaming. And then, and, and then, and then R.L. Stein, like the Kool-Aid man, cause came crashing through. Uh, Mrs. Berman is her teacher who, uh, R.L. describes as a sweaty, uh, she was a heavyset woman with several chins, red lipstick, mouth, etc. Uh, Chris is about to get started on her, on her act. She's got Mr. Wood up there with her. Uh, this is after, this is the night after the Miller's incident. So fresh off the, the Miller boat yeah. where we just tanked these old, this old couple. She did her, she did her, her open mic last night. This is her, her paid gig, 10 bucks. Yeah. So, uh, she's getting on stage. She's getting all set up. Um, Mrs. Berman says, are you having trouble? Uh, she calls from the stage and she's hurrying over to help her with her microphone. But before the music teacher got halfway across the stage, Mr. Wood leaned into the microphone. What time does the blimp go up? He rasped nastily, staring at Mrs. Berman's dress. That's very rough. That's, that's, that's rough. Really rough. What? Not she cool. stopped in surprise. Your face reminds me of a wart I had removed. Oh! <laughs> Mr. Wood growled at the startled woman. If we count your chins, will it tell us your age? There was laughter and also some gasps from the crowd. And she says, Chris, that's enough. You're more than enough. You're enough for two. God damn. If you got right? any bigger, you need your own zip code. Oh, <laughs> like for real. This is like, this is rough. Yeah. And, and then she, she then Mrs. Perfect says, Chris, apologize. And then and Mr. Wood says, 
Apologize for this. And then, and then the most insane thing happens in this book. Please read it to us. Please. The dummy's head tilted back, his jaw dropped, yeah, his mouth did. opened wide, and a thick green <laughs> liquid came spewing out. Yuck, someone screamed. It looked like pea soup. It spurted up out of Mr. Wood's open mouth like water rushing from a fire hose. This is a fucking ventriloquist this dummy. Wild. This is absolutely bonkers. Voices screamed and cried. Yeah, the, they did. The, crowd, <laughs> oh, the yeah. crowd is being showered with this like they're at a Gallagher show. Hey, the first two rows, you will get wet. You will get wet. It stinks, they say. Chris is frozen in horror. At one point, she tries to put her hand over the mouth to stop it, but the force is so strong. <laughs> There's a lot coming out of there. <laughs> and it's going for, like, at least a minute. Yeah, it is a lot. And after all of it, the teacher's like, I don't know how you did that or why, but you're in big trouble. You're as suspended <laughs> as you could possibly be. There has to be, like, a point where you have to suspend your disbelief. Yeah, be like, okay, well, this kid could not have rigged up a contraption to shoot goo out of this dummy. For, for, for shoot 50 but, gallons. But, but, hey, Danielle, kids today. Kids today. Kids today. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a Fortnite thing. So the very last part of this book, which we can, we can all dig into a little bit. Um, Danielle mentioned it a little bit earlier, but uh, it ends with... An action scene. Oh, yes. A big and, chase. Oh, yeah, a fight. A big, yeah, a fucking John Woo style. <laughs> yeah, this is John McClane <laughs> fighting with Hans Gruber. You thought The Matrix was good? It's garbage. It's put, it in a, put it in a dumpster. Put it in the dumpsters. Put it in a capital D dumpster. <laughs> so at, this, at the end of the book, uh, Mr. Wood is just like, fuck it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm done. I'm out. Fuck this. <laughs> just and just tries to like, I guess leave. I don't know. Yeah. The the dummy continually says that Lindy and and Chris are his slaves, <laughs> and that he has power. I have powers. And he can't be killed. Uh, it comes off a lot like Chucky, which it I does. Think, I think and it also the red has, hair. Yeah, also. the red hair. So um, Chris and Lindy are now fighting with the dummy. <laughs> And like literally fighting, like they're getting fucking. Yeah, they're punched. actually physically. He's getting slapped. They're getting yeah. punched. He should be slappy. They're battling it out. They're they're doing wrestling moves. They're pinning him. They <laughs> they can't kill him. Uh, they can't pull his head off, which would apparently kill him. They do try. They, they try. try. They can't cut his head off. They try with scissors. They try with scissors. Doesn't work. Surprisingly, they, they can't cut through his wooden head with yeah. scissors. They, I don't know why. They try and bury him next door. And then he comes back the next morning. Barky, the family dog, fantastic name, by the way. Really um, original. Is almost murdered by Mr. Wood. In a scene that's the most distressing of any of the Goosebumps. In one of the I most distressing so scenes pinned to paper by any author in history and time. It is <laughs> horrific. Danielle, please read us a small segment of that. Okay, once I find it. Where is it? Uh, it is probably chapter... It's chapter um, 23, the end of chapter 23. Okay, end of chapter 23. So Mr. Wood, uh, this entire time Mr. Wood keeps threatening them like, I'm going to fuck your world. Yeah. He says, I'm going to kill and hurt you. I have powers. You're going to be my slaves. And you're like, whatevs. And yeah. then. And then. And then they're in the kitchen and they're arguing with the dummy. And then who comes in? Sweet, stupid fucking Barky. Oh, uh, sweet Barky. Sweet Dumbass. And here's what happens. Barky let out a high-pitched whelp 
a bleat of pain that made Chris shudder. Let go of Barky, Chris screamed. Mr. Wood has grabbed Barky around the throat now. He is holding him with his little wooden hands around the throat. Yep. The dummy giggled. Barky uttered a hoarse gasp. <laughs> Chris couldn't stand it any longer. <laughs> That's, was that a horse? Who yeah. that a horse in? Yeah. She and Lindy leapt at the dummy from two sides. Lindy tackled his legs. Chris grabbed Barky and tugged. Lindy dragged the dummy to the floor, but his wooden hands held a tight grip on the dog's throat. Barky's howls became a muffled whimper as he struggled to breathe. Let go, let go, Chris shrieked. I warned you, the dummy snarled as Lindy held tight to his kicking legs. The dog must die now. Look, no. it's, look you guys, we've got to be mature enough to understand that if R.L. Stein puts a dog in the story, the entire purpose of the dog is to be murdered. I know, and that, but the, here's the thing. Like, there was something so visceral about this scene. Like, I'm just going to finish. I'm just going to finish. There's a couple more sentences. Gross. No. Chris let go of the gasping dog. Wait, so yes. Turns out Chris was strangling it this whole time. <laughs> God damn it. No. Chris let go of the gasping dog. She slid her hands down to the dummy's wrists. Then with a fierce tug, she pulled the wooden hands apart. Barky dropped to the floor, wheezing. He scampered to the corner, his paws sliding frantically over the smooth floor. It's just it's all, he, all he wanted was a begging strip, and he, he just, got choked. Brand's got, dog snack from Purina, and he did get choked. That was, that was, he's got to eat his kibbles in order to get his snack treats, Jeff. You can't just eat candy all the time. We watched a dog <laughs> almost get strangled to death. This book is full of moments like that where I'm like, there's a reason they never did a live-action yeah, version of this book. Yeah, there's some real moments it's in here. It's pretty fucked up. It's, it, and I read that too. They have, there is no live action episode of this book. They have a, of the sequels, Yep, but not, not of this, this one. one. No. Possibly because Slappy does jack shit in it. Uh, I, the only thing I want to mention is at the end when he gets steamrolled and the poor fucking steamroller driver. Thinks he killed a kid. <laughs> yeah, and thinks, thinks he just ran over a child. And is freaking the fuck out. And I don't know if any of you have had that moment where you're afraid that you are going to hit something or that you did hit something. And the enormous dread and desperation that but, comes over you when that happens. think how good he must have felt when he realized he just ran over a ventriloquist dummy, though. That must have been sad as Because he hated ventriloquist He dummies. hated those Steve dummies. Downey he was them. so like, finally, finally I get one. And though, and, though we don't, and though we don't have a can we talk about section, can we just say that it's pretty wild that when they ran over this dummy, it exploded into a mushroom cloud? <laughs> a green, <laughs> green. A green and, and egg rotten smelling goop. And no one finds this remarkable. It was Pazuzu. Which, which then you assume is going to, uh, you, I thought like Slappy's just Mr. Wood in a new body. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Just the clouds somewhere. Mr. Wood went to the fucking sky. Yeah. Mr. Wood went to heaven. He's a god now. Yeah. Yeah. So everything you thought about Slappy is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. This whole book was a huge disappointment. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's, that's the, um, the latter latter part of the book. Now, friends, we have uh, gone pretty far into Goosebumps Town. Night of the Living Dungeon was re-released, and it included a section that we like to call Behind the Screams. Oh, yes. Now, 
I have not looked at this because historically behind the screams have been, well, gifts. Uh, these were created by Joshua G. This is a Q&A, a question and answer with R.L. Stein. Do you own a ventriloquist dummy? <laughs> Follow up. If so, has it ever insulted, chased, or attacked you? R.L. Stein. Please, please say yes. I do own a ventriloquist dummy. It looks just like me. So far, it hasn't ever chased me or attacked me. But you know, people have told me that dogs always sense ghosts and evil things before humans do. Well, my dog, Minnie, who is normally a very quiet, calm dog, is absolutely terrified of the dummy. As well it should be. She barks at it and shivers with fear whenever she sees him. So now I can't help wondering if she knows something about the dummy that I don't know. Do you not love your dog? No. No. Also, he wrote a scene where a dog gets choked out by a dummy. That, that was my fantasy sequence. Yeah, I, uh... this, is, this, is, this is good. Slappy is a villain that fans love to fear. Mm-hmm. What makes him so popular? Yeah, I have that fucking question, too. I know. Einstein. Face it. That's right, Jeff. Coward. Face it. All <laughs> Face right. It. All right. Girding myself. Girding Get yourself ready. Fucking read a book. All of us would like to be a little mean, <laughs> a little rude sometimes. <laughs> okay. Where are you going Slappy with that? Slappy is mean and rude all the time. I think that's why the fans love him. Hey, so because he's your version of Rick Sanchez, that's why we like him? Like, what the fuck are you talking we all, about? We all want to fat shame our teachers on stage in front of hundreds of people, don't we? We all want to barf gallons of stinking green goo all over the people in our audience. We want to make our neighbors want never want to talk to us again by calling out how old and stupid they are. Oh, yeah. We want to insult everyone up and down. We're just going to roast. We're on a roast yeah. tour. Now, um... In addition to, uh, you know, the Q&A, this is a section titled <laughs> Slappy's Greatest Wisecracks. Here's what's fucked up. Slappy does not talk in this story until the very end. He has Slappy one line of dialogue. Doesn't make any jokes. He makes no jokes. Nope. He might not be a joker. Maybe he's one of those serious dummies. He, yeah, he might be very serious. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but Slappy's insults, which you never saw in this book, hurt even more. Don't believe us? Keep reading and just be glad Slappy wasn't talking to you. He wasn't talking to fucking anybody. Nope. <laughs> he was not talking at all. So here's now. These are jokes. Now, we, we can't cross reference this with the work of Jovial Bob Stein, but I would hazard a guess that none of these were written just for this purpose. Nope. nope. These were absolutely jokes he had loaded in the chamber and was looking for a reason to use. Is that your head? Or are you hatching an ostrich egg out of your neck? Hey, there it is. Boom. Just the, like a fucking Yoshi or something. Now, for this next goof, I'm going to need a volunteer from the podcast. Ooh, me, 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 me. Uh, me. <laughs> I'm over, over here. Me. Mm. <laughs> A uh, uh, little boy. What's what's your name? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Um. Oh no, I forgot my name. 
Uh, I, here, we go, here we go. Knock, knock. Who's there? Jane. Jane who? Jane's your clothes. You stink. Fuck you. <laughs> here, here's another one. Pinch me. I'm having a nightmare. Or is that really your face? How about a game of kick the dummy down the stairs? We'll take turns being the bu- the dummy. You can go first. I like that one. Uh, and this is this is the last one. This is the last slappy joke in this book. And this is the biggest. Uh, and this is the closer, Danielle. All right. All right. I, in fact, think you should hold on to your sides because they might split apart and then you'll just die. You'll deflate like Oogie Boogie from the end of uh, Nightmare and uh, whatever. <clears throat> I've seen pimples that were prettier than you. Well, God damn, if I've never been insulted that much in my life. That was uh, that was a little section of that we like to call behind the screams, a selection of ancillary information related to a given Goosebumps book that is neither useful or interesting. <laughs> but for some reason, they stuck it to the back of our Goosebumps books. You got to pat it out somehow, man. Got to pat it out somehow. Got to make that binding worth it. It's not long enough. It's all about engagement. That's how Netflix works. Thank you to the band Dog Party for the use of our theme song, Bad Dream, off of the album Hit and Run. Do yourselves a favor and go get this album. It's really good. Uh, you can get it uh, from their website, dogpartylive.com or dogparty.bandcamp.com. Uh, Geesebumps is part of a whole collection of funny goof-goof comedy that we produce. You should check out JoJo Has Fun on YouTube, which is our comedy let's play show and the roles we made a fifth edition dungeons and dragons podcast that's also available on podbean and anywhere else podcasts can be found the next goosebumps book we will be reading is say cheese and die say cheese and die uh which i don't know exactly which number that is but it's i think it's like five it's It's pretty pretty early early yeah Yeah. that'll be out on uh, january 5th yeah we're not having a mini bump next week uh just just enjoy uh, the holidays so yeah, the next be one, safe. Yeah, be safe. Uh, stay socially distanced. Wear a mask. Wear your mask. All that good stuff. And I think the only thing left is, uh, well, sadly, got to hear that final passage. Yeah, we got to know exactly how this goes down. I got to know the one thing Slappy says. It's going to change my whole world. One line of dialogue. Got to know if Slappy's going to come back for Night of the Living Dummy 2 that he's on the cover. Now, I is he in it? He's on the cover, but he wasn't really in this one. That's Fuck fair. it. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. All right. The man, i.e. Steamroller Man, picked up the crushed dummy. The head crumbled to powder as he lifted it. You want this thing? You can throw it in the trash, Chris told him. Better get out of the rain, he told them, and don't scare me like that again. The girls apologized, then headed back to the house. Chris cast a happy grin at her sister. Lindy grinned back. I may grin forever, Chris thought. I'm so happy, so relieved. They wiped their wet sneakers on the mat, then held the kitchen door open for Barky. Wow, what a morning, Lindy declared. They followed the dog into the kitchen. And outside, a flash of bright lightning was followed by a roar of thunder. I'm drenched, Chris said. I'm going up to get changed. Me too. Lindy followed her up the stairs. They entered their bedroom to find the window wide open, the curtains slapping wildly. 
rain pouring in. Oh, no. Chris hurried over to cross the room to shut the window. As she leaned over the chair to grab the window frame, Slappy reached up and grabbed her arm. Hey, slave, is that the other guy gone? The dummy asked in a throaty growl. I thought he'd never leave. But I'm... (sighs) Did you know that Slappy was a a character in this book? Because the book didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Jojo. I have a PhD. I have a PH squee. I'm Jeff and I have powers. Don't mess with me. I have powers. I have powers. This has been Geesebumps, a Digimon Geesebumps podcast. And until next time, stay out of the basement. Just like somebody I used to know.